What's up, RPG fans? Welcome to episode three of the Switch RPG podcast. I am one of your hosts, Philip, and I'm joined, as always, by Geo. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? How's your week been? As always, it seems to uh, just fly right by. Uh, it, was a, it was good weather out there to start cleaning up the yard and whatnot, but I made through it. I made it through. We're good. There you go. All right. If this is your first time listening, ladies and gentlemen, this is the show from SwitchRPG.com that brings you exciting news, upcoming game releases, and all the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch platform. And this is the first episode that I didn't stutter over Nintendo, so I'm proud about that. <laughs> After that, we then read your questions on air and try to answer them if we can. Remember, we're all about community here at Switch RPG Podcast. So if you want to be part of the show, you can do one of a few different things. You can email your questions to podcast at switchrpg.com. You can tweet using the hashtag switchrpgpodcast, or you can dive into our Discord server at discord.switchrpg.com. And you can post in our podcast channel. At the end of the day, we hope you know that we want to hear from you. Geo, before we get into the news, let's cover a couple of elements of housekeeping. Mm -hmm. Just like we announced last week, Switch RPG now has a Patreon. So if you like what you hear on the podcast, if you like what you see on the website, we even have the Switch List app now out on Android and iPhone. It is growing daily, weekly. We now not only cover um what what games are on because this is not rpg centric the switch list app on android and iphone covers everything in the eShop. it organizes it fantastically uh it gives prices sell prices and now even includes the game size yep the file size it, it he seems like he's constantly tinkering and and updating it so very cool Absolutely. So if you like what you see and hear from us at Switch RPG, consider going over to patreon.com slash slash switch RPG and throw us a couple dollars, a dollar, a couple dollars if you can, or if you want to, that'd be amazing. Also, in housekeeping, Switch RPG now has its own subreddit. So if you are in the Reddit land and you want to uh, what join? What? 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 How? What is? Yeah, what you is basically it called on, you subscribe. On you subscribe. Subscribe. Okay. Yeah. So sub. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we post a lot of cool stuff on there, um, and it's a little slower than Discord. Uh, Discord's like boop, boop, doo, doo, you know. So uh, you'll be able to kind of keep up with it a little bit better if that's I'm, more. I'm loving the speed. new sound effects this week. You're doing a great job with those. We're gonna have hey to keep man, I, I've got my my invisible soundboard over here <laughs> and I've got those sound effects ready to go. Nice. Alright, uh, Gio, let's jump into the news. We have first uh, Smoke and Sacrifice. Uh, the Darker Truth uh, doing an AMA or doing a kind of a chat with us at the Discord server Thursday, April 19th. Uh, looks like it's is that 5:30 p.m. That is 5:30 Eastern yeah. Standard Time. 
Um, again, that's at the discord.switchrpg.com. Um, the past few AMAs have been really, really cool, really interesting. So it's it's nice to see a different side of these these developers. Absolutely, yeah, because uh, some of the questions that we ask them don't even really have to pertain to this game. Right. But it's cool to get info on their gaming history, games that they love to play, games yep. that influenced their game, their process, things like that. So super mm-hmm. cool. And I guess that is 530 Eastern. There's not actually the stamp on it. I'll have to double check. So anyway, yeah, at at the time that this podcast publishes, it will be tomorrow night. So Mm -hmm. mark your calendars. Be sure to jump into Discord Thursday, April 19. Cool. So next up uh, is a very light news week, right? (laughs) This is super light. (laughs) So uh, so we're going to just run through a couple of, of things here. First off, Stardew Valley multiplayer is coming soon. We've known that the multiplayer is coming, but we did get a reiteration of this from Concerned Ape on Twitter. This uh, was April the 10th. He tweeted that the multiplayer is still making good progress on fixing bugs. And if all goes well, it should be ready in about a month. And that's good news for everyone who enjoys stardew valley but you want to play with a buddy and it's also going to be a a free update so again oh which is super cool yeah really cool yeah that this actually might be what gets me to get stardew valley i don't have it i mean i would like to play it but i just haven't gotten it yet but if there's some people that want to play in the discord or whatever then i it might actually get me to buy it all right so next up we've got that Nintendo Magazine confirms Pokemon on the Switch will be a Generation 8. I don't really know much about Pokemon. Okay. Geo. Um, so I'm a I'm I'm not a Pokemon kind of sewer, you know. I'm not I'm not the the go-to guy for Pokemon, but I've played a few and you know, you played them one, you played them all, so it doesn't really matter. They're all <laughs> to me they're all very very similar, but this is a this is the true 8th generation. This is going to it, it, the article here states that it would suggest a new region to explore, new monsters. Um, so I, again, that's I guess that's good news. I, I kind of expected that, but this is just really kind of con- just confirms it. So um, I think a lot of people are really happy about about this. Right. So it it confirms, I guess, that the first Pokemon game on Switch isn't going to be a remaster or something, right? It's not going to be right. Uh, like Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were, you know, so yeah, good for yeah, all the Pokemon fans out there. It also states there's going to be some new mechanics, so uh, again, that's kind of open-ended, but you know, who knows what that what that means. Um, you know, what are they changing? You know, they're hoping, this article hopes that it's open world. I really don't hope it's open world, because I feel like the, the, there's a lot of that on the market already, but you know, it, it'll it's interesting that they're confirming some things, so it's nice. Fantastic. And last piece of news this week is that Sega Ages is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, so Sega had a uh, kind of a Sega festival, um, and Sega Ages, it's just... I think it's about 15 games. I can't really pull, pull up the article here. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, so about 15 retro games. They announced three of them, Sonic, Sega Ace, Ages, and Fantasy Star. So Fantasy Star has gotten a lot of people 
excited. This iteration of Fantasy Star is a decent one. So, yeah, so some decent news here. I yeah, think. so I think, uh, just real quick, I think it was Sonic the, he- Sonic the Hedgehog. I think Thunder Force 4. Oh, I'm sorry. I, yes, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I was reading that kind of weird. Yeah, Thunder Force 4. Yeah, Sorry and then that. Fantasy Star. Yeah, so yep. uh, yeah, so collection of over 15 titles. I had a Sega Genesis growing up and did not play pretty much any of the games that made it what people love, so there's yeah. that. So I don't really know much about Sega. Yeah, I was a Nintendo kid growing up um, and then kind of went to PlayStation, so I totally avoided, not avoided it, I, I just, just missed you it. Know, was, you, you were either one or the other, and I was the Sega guy, I mean the Nintendo guy. Totally, totally avoided this. All right, so that actually wraps up the news for the week. If we didn't cover something that you really didn't want, you really wanted us to, we're sorry. You can let us know. Tweet <laughs> at us. Let us know what news, what was the big thing that we missed because it just felt like a really, really empty week. There were a lot of announcements, you know, this game coming soon, this game coming soon, but, you know, it just didn't feel like it was, I guess, newsworthy. Yeah. I don't know. There but, was a there yeah. was a game there was a game that was announced for Switch that I I like the look of. It's called Center Sacrifice for Redemption. I, I believe this game has we've known about it for a while, and now mm-hmm. they announced this week that it's coming to Switch. So if you go on over to our Facebook page, uh, I shared I shared the the trailer, the Switch trailer, the Switch announced trailer. Uh, you can get an idea of what it is. It feels sort of dark and gritty. Uh, Geo's gonna love me because I'm gonna say it feels like Dark Souls. Dark Souls. It's oh my gosh! How did I even know? Born. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it it looks cool with a a little bit of a little bit of like a cartoony aesthetic with it too. Um, but yeah, okay. so I like that. I like that. So go check it out. Like I said, it's on our Facebook page, or you can just uh, look on YouTube. Sinner Sacrifice for Redemption. So, all right, let's uh, let's move on into what we've been playing this week. Gia, once you start, what, what what games were you playing this week? Are you still in Hope County or no? I'm still in Hope County. I'm about, I think, two-thirds of the way through. I've been uh, progressing pretty well. Again, just with family and doing stuff around the house, I've been kind of slow at, slow pacing this. But I've been also watching the streamer play some Elder Scrolls Online. Um, and... He's kind of gotten me into it. I mean, I played it on PC in beta a long time ago when it came out. And just kind of watching it. I've always been into Elder Scrolls. And now I'm watching this guy play. And it's kind of getting me back into it. I've now purchased it. And now I'll be playing on Xbox. What have you been playing? Uh, so I have been doing a little bit of streaming of Elder Scrolls Online. And oh. I, I got to say, I got to say, I really like the game. I know it had, like I said last week, it has this big, it's shouldering a lot of criticism, both from MMO fans and from Elder Scrolls fans. I'm going in with a clean slate, clean, like clear mind, and I'm, I'm, I'm giving it a fair shot. Uh, and I, I really like it from the standpoint of an MMO. It's doing some things story-wise and with like NPCs that I don't really see many other MMOs doing even like five hours into the game. There are a couple of NPCs that have personalities and already like they've hinted at backstories and connections with other people. So like in that way it's kind of vintage 
Elder Scrolls and right. it's doing things that other MMOs don't even do. So I'm enjoying that. And then from the Elder Scrolls uh, perspective, it feels like a big world. You kind of have to get past that tutorial area. So once you get past that, then the world kind of opens up a little bit. And uh, it, in that way, it's like, wow, I really am in Tamriel and I'm doing Elder Scrollsy things. Like I've been mm-hmm. playing, I've been playing in first person. I might actually switch to third person and I might actually try to play with the controller, uh, especially if I also get the Xbox version and uh, play with you. So yeah, I, five hours in, I'm pretty positive. So now we'll I've see heard, how it goes. I've heard this. I, I don't know about any of the complaints about this MMO. You're probably hearing a lot of the complaints from the MMO enthusiasts. Now, I've often heard this uh, MMO compared to a sing- more like a single player campaign or story with that you can play with your friends. So it's not a true MMO. I haven't I haven't really seen any of the raids or the dungeons yet, but that's again, I was just kind of researching it before I bought it. And that's kind of what I on the impressions I got, I'm not entirely sure if I'm right in that. Okay. Um and if that's the case, I'm okay with that. Like if if it's something right, that, and I'm okay with that too. Yeah, if that's something that like you and I could play through the main story together, and not have to deal with a whole lot of grind and a whole lot of mm-hmm. uh, rating and trying to party out with you know two other people, I I'd be down with that. So I'm I'm excited to see sort of where it goes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing. Now, now what are the common criticisms you've been hearing? Uh, uh well a lot of, a lot of them from the actual Elder Scrolls side is that it's okay. it's not deep enough, uh it, it it's very bland it doesn't uh do narrative as well as like Skyrim, and gotcha. my my response to that is well it's an MMO like it's not trying like it's not supposed to be Skyrim, right. uh so you can't you can't necessarily judge it on that the thing that I think that it does. equally as well as other Elder Scrolls games is it fills its world with lore and with characters and situations. And like, you can, you can still find books in the world and read Mm -hmm. them. Like it's in that way, to me, it feels like classic Elder Scrolls. Now criticisms from the MMO community. I'm not 100% sure you may be hitting on it where maybe it's not totally deep in its, MMO mechanics, you know, with like end game content with raids and things like that. So those may be the the major things that I'm hearing. I hear more of the the Elder Scrolls side of things. So community, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Segment number three. We are gonna dedicate to (laughs) a response about Illusion of Gaia. It was a question that we got last week from Fazner Holt on Twitter. His name is Mitchell. His real name is Mitchell. So that, that, that threw me off for a second. But anyway, segment three is, is his answer to his own question. Because his question was about Illusion of Gaia. He wanted us to talk a little bit about the game Illusion of Gaia. and Because he doesn't hear much about it. And he thinks that it deserves more attention. Since Gio and I did not know much about the game. We turned the question around on him and he sent a very good email in response before his answer. He was very, very kind, very polite. 
uh, he, he really appreciated the fact that we turned the question around on him because it made him think about the game in a way that he, that he had not before. Mm-hmm. And he also gave a very good explanation. And at the bottom, he gave a summation in case we wanted to read the summation on the podcast. Well, to you, Fasner Holt, what I'll say is I'm not going to read that summation. I'm going to read your actual response. So let's dive into it. He says, and I quote, it's December 1995, and I'm standing at my front door impatiently waiting to see my best friend's family minivan pull into my driveway. It's Friday and time for the always highly anticipated weekend sleepover at my buddy's house. Immediately after belting into our seats, we would begin begging the parentals to take us to a pick a flick rental to grab some SNES games and a couple movies for the weekend. Christmas had just recently come and gone, and our days were filled with Nerf Gun Wars, Mighty Max playsets, laser tag, and so many Pog Slammer injuries. Also one of our favorite pastimes, picking on the puny and whiny annoying younger brother he's six feet tall and built like a tank now i still can't (laughs) believe it it was on one of those carefree days of childhood when my buddy and i stumbled across illusion of gaia on the shelves of that rental store we had already played the heck out of secret of mana and were hungry for more rpg goodness although i can't remember a whole lot about the game it's been 23 years since I played, it remains a memory I've held on to through the years. Is it because of clever and engaging gameplay or just nostalgia of childhood that's growing ever distant with each passing day? I can't really say. My actual gameplay was somewhat limited. I spent much of my time watching my buddy play. I didn't have any gaming consoles at home. I was always a PC guy. It was easier to convince my parents to let me have a PC it has e, e, edutainment. edutainment. It has edutainment rather than terrible, horrible video games. What I remember most are the graphics of the game. Little things like the protagonist's hair blowing in the ocean breeze while he was standing on a fishing pier looking out across the rippling water captivated me. I can remember being so awed by the graphics. We really have come so far in such a short time with graphical fidelity in video games insert cranky kong jeff here (laughs) i do remember my favorite bits and pieces of the gameplay there were hidden red gems scattered throughout the world to discover and the boss art was so surreal to me in my vast experience of 10 years of life i hadn't seen anything really like it at least until final fantasy 7 in writing this I realized that my nostalgia really has more to do with the memories tied to the game than the actual gameplay. So perhaps it is time for a revisit. It sure would be nice to re-experience that world on the go with my Switch. So maybe one day we will see that happen. Fazner Holt, thank you so much for that response. Yes, thank you for letting us into uh, you know, a piece of your uh, your world, your memories. It's It's... No one can take that away from you. You have that that emotional connection to that game. And like you had mentioned, it has really maybe nothing to do with the game or a little to do with the game, but more the experiences that you had connected to the game. And I feel like a lot of people have that. And um, that's awesome. Thank you so much. 
Yeah, I think that was the, the that was what I loved most about reading that response is that for me, a lot of games memories that I have growing up don't even have to do with the gameplay. I've talked right. about it before, maybe not on the show, but I had a I had my brother was two years younger than me, so we shared our gaming console. We shared all the games that we owned. So half of my gaming life through my first yeah, 15, 16 years were split between playing and watching. So a mm-hmm. lot of my time were watching games and a lot of my memories were watching games. Uh, when I met my best friend, uh, when I was like 15, I would go over and he was a huge gamer. So I would go over to his house and I would watch him play games. So right. a lot of my gaming memories were watching games too. And so I totally relate to that that excitement of being a child and like, oh, we get to go to the rental, the rental right. store. Right. You know, and I remember, like, yeah, I yeah. remember doing the, the same exact thing, doing the rental thing. For me, it was a, him, it was a Friday. For me, it was a Saturday because Sunday they were closed. So you would have that extra day of playing and they wouldn't charge us for it. So yeah, we had that extra day. It was, it was awesome. My father would just take me, take me there. It was kind of close to the, the naughty videos, but again, uh, yeah, he would take me there and it was, it was always a good time. And yeah, it's just good, good experience. I, I love the story. Uh, what's the game? What's the game that you remember renting? Did you have like a game that you rented over and over again? I always try to get something different. Um, there okay. was if if there was a game that I was renting over and over again, or if I wanted to play, I I would typically my parents would buy it. Rent, I always tried something something different. Is that That's what you cool. did? You would just constantly rent uh, same uh, type my, of game. Or? My my siblings and I always rented Mario Party. Oh boy. Always rented Mario Party and that was like growing like thinking about growing up playing a lot of my memories were cuz it was always like around holiday times uh because it was a special treat for my parents oh, right. to take us to the rental store and they would rent the game for us. Uh so that was a big deal and you know we had an N64 with three controllers and there were three of us that were old enough to play so that was the game that we could all three play together. And yeah, so Mario Party, that was, we just rented that. I think we like cycled between the first couple of Mario Parties, whichever mm-hmm. ones were on the N64. So yeah, that was my video store rental story. Nice. Yeah. We all, I, th- I feel like we all have them and we all miss them, but yeah, it's all, it's all gone now. Pretty much anyways, right? I don't have yeah. any rental stores here. Uh, well, we've got Redbox. Like we've got Redbox, and yeah. you can like rent a game, you know. Yeah. But You're I've just, never done that. No one's ever going to get the experience of picking something up off a shelf and then bringing it, you know, to the clerk and and rent. No, no one's going to get that experience anymore. That's too bad. No, but like literally, my youngest brother. Oh dear, he's. I think he'll turn fifteen this year. And he. It, like he doesn't even really know what rental stores are. I mean, no. like he just he just you know gets on Netflix and he's got everything he wants to watch there. And uh, I mean, as far as games go, like uh, if he wants the Kingdom Hearts collection, he just goes out and buys the Kingdom Hearts collection, right? So like, yeah, yeah he just doesn't doesn't get it. No, even my kids nowadays, you know, they're watching a Netflix show and there's no commercials. They don't really have to deal with commercials because we don't have cable here. But if they go over, you know, my my mother-in-laws, they have regular cable and there's commercials there and they just don't know what to do with themselves in that time. They can't keep themselves occupied for the three minutes of commercials. 
for them, cable is a poor man's Netflix. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like they can't choose what to watch. Right. And they got to they got to sit through ads. It's like what the deal. Yeah. All right. So thank you once again, Fasner Holt, for that response on Illusion of Gaia and sharing a little bit of your uh, gaming memories with us. Uh, so now, staying with the theme of community here let's jump into the listener questions and uh what do we have for question number one geo question one comes from meatball uh, on discord he wants to know what our favorite rpg original soundtrack is Uh, for him it's castlevania symphony of the night for me it will always be secret of mana there's no discussion about it so let's move on to the next question (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Secret of Mana has to has to be up there for for me. It's top dog. Now, if we were say, for example, going off topic here a little bit, maybe going non RPG, I would have to say you know Silent Hill is up there. Uh, you have Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, that's just very iconic. I would have to say those two. But for RPGs specifically, it's Secret of Mana. There's just no discussion about it. So I don't know what you were going to say, but it was probably Secret of Mana. So we can agree here, like I said, and move on. No, sorry about that. Everyone's homework this week is to tweet at Geo. Oh, God. And ask him, do you like Secret of Mana? (laughs) Just like, do you like Secret of Mana? All right. uh, Favorite RPG soundtrack for me probably will always be Final Fantasy VI. uh, From the very first moments of putting that game in where you got uh, Terra and the other Magitech soldiers going over to the cliffside and hearing her theme to the overworld theme to the overworld after the, like the, the world ends theme uh, to the opera Celeste's theme. Yeah. Everything about that to me, to me, that is the perfect soundtrack. Uh, if there is such a thing, um, some others, I was actually talking about soundtracks a few minutes ago with someone else. And uh, he was saying, he was saying to label a soundtrack as great. It has to be great for more than one or two tracks. Mm -hmm. So I would normally say elder scrolls, like elder scrolls Morrowind, but there's so much. And and there's, this isn't the fault of the elder scrolls soundtrack because this is what it was intended, but there's so much atmospheric music in elder scrolls. It's not something that I pop in to just listen to all the way through. So I would have to, it's kind of the same thing. Like I mentioned with silent Hill, there really is no, um, like theme song or anything, but it's, it's, it's got, when you hear a silent Hill song, you know, it's a silent Hill. Well, when you hear, you know, you just know that's what it is. And it's kind of the same thing with elder scrolls. I think, especially Skyrim, they had, it kind of had a specific tone and it kind of, when you hear it, you know, it's from Skyrim or that's what, that's what I feel. Also, um, I would say Dragon Age. I would say Dragon Age. That that has a fantastic Guild Wars. If we want to go mm-hmm. sort of online game, uh, I really like the the original Guild Wars music. And and yeah, so I think this would be mine. But I think to me, Final Fantasy VI will take the cake. Also, mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts. I've got to say, like Kingdom Hearts two, one of the greatest soundtracks to me ever created. Um, yeah, so that would be mine. That'd be mine. I can talk, I can talk music all day long. So yeah, I've never played kingdom hearts. I've always kind of 
wanted to get into it, but this third one doesn't seem to ever want to come out. So I'm, I'm, I was going to jump into that one. You got to wait right before it comes out. Like you got to wait till like, you know, that it's actually coming out. Cause I still okay. don't believe it. You know, <laughs> I've, I've been, I've been a truther for too long. Oh, um, all right. So question two, we actually have two questions from Mitch Childs, um, who's also Fasner Holt. Uh, so we'll, we'll cover both of those here. First question is, so if you could, all right, I'll, I'll read what he actually has. Yeah, no, you Gio, have to read Gio what he said. You made fun of me a couple weeks ago because of the y'all. But uh, so if y'all could pick one non-RPG game, have it remade into an RPG game, what would it be? Huh. This was a really hard question for me. Um, I would have to say, I don't know. I, I would like to see kind of a Metroid RPG. I don't know how it would work, but I maybe Metroid. Yeah, I, I I'm just not sure. Okay, so for me, I would say, and this is this is this is kind of weird. I would like to see the recent Tomb Raider games as a more is a so is a more, more traditional. Yeah, is a more traditional RPG. It already has some elements, but I still think that it sort of falls into the action adventure mm-hmm. category. I would like to see it actually come over to an action RPG with heavier RPG elements and um, a heavier emphasis on character development and mm-hmm. different different uh, upgrade systems, things like that. Flesh that out. And I'm trying to think. I would like to see. This is going to be funny. This is going to be funny, but I would like to see honestly like the the Battlefield games. I'd like to see Battlefield not Battlefield, Battlefront. 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 I'd like to see Star Wars like a Battlefront campaign with BioWare making it. Oh boy. So that you have almost like a Mass Effect type Star Wars story. So Knights of the Old Republic then. Yeah, basically, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. But better. Yeah, or modernized yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I guess in like the look, the look and feel of like the the newest, uh, the new Battlefront, but yep. made by like Bioware and like classic Bioware, not like Mass Effect Andromeda Bioware. No, not not Mass Effect Andromeda at all. Yeah, I think if if they kind of had a new Knights of the Old Republic with the Battlefront aesthetic to it, I think it would look really good probably be really good actually so um let's put our monies together and make that game possible can we do that yeah now i mean we are already funding a zelda movie so i mean stretching me kind of thin okay so we'll have to put on the backbone back burner got it (laughs) we can do this all right second question from mitch is what is the most difficult moral choice you've had to make in a video game and what is the most surprising twist or surprising moment in a game? The most surprising twist. I did have to think about this and really go deep inside my my head here. A lot of cobwebs. But once I got through it all, Metroid, when you found out your character was a girl, you'd, you'd played the entire game, you beat the game, and then all of a sudden you find out that she's a girl that blew my mind because really there were you there were no avatars 
um, that were that were girls at that time that I that I played anyway. So finding out that she was a girl because it's nowhere to be found until you beat the game. That was a major twist for me. Um, and also Psycho Mantis in Metal Gear. The way they, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the way that um, they made that character, it could read your memory card and it would talk to you like you, like I know I can read your mind. This looks like you like adventure games. You've been playing Ocarina of Time, uh, not Ocarina of Time, but you've been playing Zelda. You've been playing Super Mario. It would it would list off all these games. Like, how did you know? But um, that was that was a kind of a, just a weird, I guess, twist. And in order to beat him, you actually had to take your controller out of the first slot, put it in the second slot, and you'd have to beat him that way. Because otherwise, he he would kind of telegraph your moves, and you wouldn't be able to beat him. Now, for a difficult moral choice. I can't, I can't think of anything right now. You gotten anything? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, moral choice is kind of what stumped me a little bit. Uh, if I'm thinking, it would have to be probably something in the Dragon Age series because in Dragon Age Origins, you got pretty much the way that the game is set up. For those who are unfamiliar, uh, when you go and you start recruiting the different races uh, for the ultimate war at the end, every time you go to a race, they are dealing with a scenario or a tragedy or something uh, pretty locally. And so there's usually two sides to whatever conflict is happening in each of those racial areas. And so you usually, you have to decide what side of the conflict that you're going to go on. And so uh, you get to some pretty morally gray areas there. Because I think what the writers did so well is it was so gray that you're like, I don't even, honestly, I don't even know if I'm choosing the right the right thing here. Right. <laughs> you know? So, like, I, I wasn't even sure. And so, I know especially playing that game for the first time, uh, I really struggled a lot with those moral choices. Now, when it comes to twist, even though I got to Final Fantasy VI late, I still, a spoiler alert for anybody who cares, I still did not know that Kefka was going to win and he's, he was going to destroy the world. Uh, and obviously, you come back from that and you work your way back up, and then you have the chance of defeating him at the end of the game. But it was a false ending to the game that I did not, I did not see coming. And so, because in my mind, especially in RPGs, you go and you defeat the bad guy. Like that, mm-hmm. that's the whole, that's the whole point. And so, for me to be playing the game, and then all of a sudden the bad guy wins, and like my screen goes black. And I come back with one character and I don't even know the fates of any of the other characters in my party. I'm just on this beach all alone as Celeste. I mean, like that to me was one of the most shocking moments and it will stay with me forever because then, uh, I mean, the events that take place, like while you're on the beach with her are so like deeply personal and dark, like really, really dark that, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to stick with me forever. All right. What we got, what we got next? 
All right, looks like uh, from Firestream, from Discord, what is your favorite boss music theme? Okay, so what is the game and what is the boss? Final Fantasy X, when you're fighting Sin, I think uh, that, that it just felt epic, that moment. That's probably what I would have to say off the top of my head. Um, although Borderlands has some some good good boss music as well. Interesting. I think I'm also going Final Fantasy X what? for for Seymour. Seymour, uh, right? Because the music for Seymour is so creepy and uh, and eerie, and it fits his slightly high pitched monotone voice. And so this being the first RPG that I ever played, like every time you you fight Seymour, because like you don't know for a while that he's he's a villain. And then once you find out that he's a villain, he's kind of like Final Fantasy 15 and he never stops coming back with like more and more <laughs> encounters. And so um, when when it played the when it plays the music early on, you're like something's like churning in my stomach and it's like, I don't really know about this guy. And then it turns out to be a villain. And so then you get like sort of the rehash of that theme through several different battles. Uh, and I think that's fantastic. I also think Unaleska in final fantasy 10, that theme is also interesting for being creepy and just vile and really fitting that tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kefka's theme in Final Fantasy VI. Ganondorf and, and Zelda. Um, so you do consider maybe. Zelda a uh, RPG? Enough, enough, enough. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Okay, but all right. We'll fight about that later. Um, all right. So then, last question coming from Phineas Fool, also from Discord. And he asks, what RPG series that you have not played would you most likely try? I always want, I was always very interested in, in um, Kingdoms of Amalar uh, on Xbox. The the pitch of Kurt Schilling, I don't know if you're familiar mm. with him. He, oh. yeah. <laughs> bloody Sock Kurt Schilling. Yeah, the Bloody Sock Kurt, Kurt Schilling. He kind of duped Rhode Island into giving him a lot of money and in, in making a development studio. So 38 Studios was born, and they made this game. This game has actually gotten excellent reviews. Excellent, excellent reviews. And it's always interested me. I just never jumped on it, and I'm sure I could now really cheap. But uh, that would be that would be the one for me. Kingdom of, Kingdoms of Amalar. I've not played as much of that game as I would like to. I've gone on record as saying that I am devastated that 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 everything went down with that studio and and it turned inside out and mm-hmm. and, and then that IP went away. I'm devastated because I feel like that was the beginning of something that could have been really special to me. I just loved. The style, I loved the look, I loved the feel, I loved how sort of like heavy and tactile it was, and so yeah, I, I, I would suggest looking at Amalur if you're interested at mm-hmm. all. For me, it would have to go to the Tales of series, and I've, I've dabbled with the first few Tales games, uh, th- um, thanks to suggestions of some Xylon uh, from the switch RPG discord. Um, and the most recently I played probably the first hour of 
Symphonia, Tales of Symphonia for the GameCube. And so that is the series I think is, that is number one on my list to jump into because I love I love JRPGs. I I love series with long standing histories and uh, good music, interesting characters, and they look cool too. So yeah, I would say Tales of series. Yeah, that's a that's a good choice. Very good choice. All right. That does it for the questions for this week. Remember, if you would like to be part of the show and send in your question, you can email us at podcast at switchrpg.com or you can jump into the Discord at discord.switchrpg.com and post in the podcast channel. Moving on to uh, segment five, it's time for our side quest this week. Geo, are you prepared? I am prepared. I've been making health potions. I've been sharpening my blades. I guess I'll use a blade. I don't know. I could go with a, a wand. What do you suggest? I would suggest probably a staff. Okay. Because you're going to want to be able to either melee or conjure magic because we've got two quests this week. Whoa. First quest what are your thoughts on pixel art games? I I feel like this is a hot topic for you, is it not? Well, for me, I had um, a little bit of a, a discussion on Twitter, and you know how vile those things can be. Um, but PC Gamer just put out a nice tweet. You know, was it Earth Earthlock? What is it? I think it was Earthlock. Uh, let me check it for you. It was Moonlighter. Not even close. Okay. Yeah. It was Moonlighter, and they they just put out a little little blurb saying, you know, this is this game is coming out, looks cool, whatever. And um, I can't even see the discussion anymore because this person argued with me. But essentially, it was kind of, oh, you know, boring old pixel art, you know, people just doing the same thing. Terribly childish graphics. There you go. Now again, this is a boring argument. Brings nothing to the table. I know, I, I think you've written this about this a little bit when you did your review on Blossom Tales. Now, it could be a, a factor, you know, they, maybe these studios don't have the, the money behind it, and this is what they've done. You know, we've seen other things where, you know, they either go the pixel art direction or they go in a, you know, cel-shaded direction. It's just what, it's a design choice. What It doesn't, it doesn't even matter. Now, to just come out and say it's a childish childish game or whatever it, it doesn't again it doesn't bring anything to the table at all i don't mind it it's, again it's a creative decision you shouldn't judge a game simply because of images you're just seeing on the screen i'm sure this person really knows nothing about the game at all you know does it does it play well you know it's it's all this is all subjective really there are excellent games that are done in pixel art you have shovel knight you have Blossom Tales that's gotten uh, great reviews. Super Meat Boy, Minecraft, Stardew Valley. Again, it's just if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. It doesn't mean, mean you need to. Yeah, Celeste. It doesn't mean you need to just knock it down because of the art style. Not every game is going to come out with realistic design, realistic graphics. That would that would be even more boring to me, anyways. So. Again, how do you how do you feel about it? I, I know you have pretty strong opinions about it too. Okay, so first off, the th- here's the th- here's the thing, folks. 
Geo saw this tweet by PC Gamer and he did not know that he was about to have a boss fight. He didn't know <laughs> that this was a boss encounter. They tricked him. And yeah, so he he wound up slaying the boss, by the way. Uh, so anyway, here are my thoughts real quick on the guy posting on PC Gamer. You're totally right that he comes in and does not add anything to the discussion at all. And this is a pet peeve of mine. And this is something that I think is prevalent just across the internet land. And that is people going to things, whether it be videos or posts, uh, blogs, things about games, and they comment when they have, they're not interested in that game at all. Like that, that, that maybe it's not the right genre. Maybe it's just not the right design choice. And so they have no interest at all. Mm-hmm. It's totally okay to not have an interest or to right. not like a choice. But mm-hmm. when you go and just put it down in a way that adds nothing to a discussion, adds no criticism at all, it's just bleh. And you just like vomit on whatever <laughs> is being presented. Like those people put in hundreds of hours and of it's design. not like a giant studio either. It's probably just a smaller I, I don't know much about them, but it's probably if I had to guess a smaller studio. Exactly. So like for anyone to go and just like vomit all over somebody's creation without any sort of critique or constructive opinion that's that's what irks me and this is exactly what this guy did and uh, mm. Gio had to put him in his place but anyway on to pixel art and games um a lot of people it seems like a lot of people are getting a little bit burnout on the the pixel art they, they they're like oh it's this craze it's coming back here's my thing it's been working for 35 years i don't think it just went away and it's coming back i think it's just always been there yes i think a lot of indies go that route Maybe it's monetary. Maybe it's the fact that the engines that mm-hmm. are available to these indie developers lends itself to pixel art creation. You've got people who are artists. That's the style that they like. It's a design choice, like you said. So let them make their choice. If you don't like it, don't play the game. Like It's right. not I like... Even, it's, even it's not, Octopath Traveler is a prime example of a AAA studio putting in pixel art. So again, it's not just indie indie developers doing it. Absolutely. So I mean, it's 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 a design choice, and it's mm-hmm. not like people who are putting out pixel art are coming to your house and forcing you to play the game, or forcing you to click on this video, or click on this tweet, or type out the response. Right. So like, it it, it it's pretty. There are plenty of photo photorealistic games out there. There are plenty of games that are pushing the boundaries of graphics and are pushing gaming forward. So it's, I don't feel like pixel art is creeping in and taking over the gaming industry. So, I mean, what, I mean, what's, what's the problem with that? Now there are some instances and it was actually, I believe my super Daryl, cause I did talk about it a little bit with blossom tales. I talked about how blossom tales being a pixel art, they still found a way to, they, they, they found their own voice with it and they made it mm. the presentation feel unique to Blossom Tales. And what I said with Super Daryl is that I feel like sometimes, regardless of what the, the, the choice, the, like what led to the choice, some developers may choose pixel art to capitalize on 
a nostalgic feeling. Right. And sometimes in some games, it feels a little cheap. But I would say that with the same, just with the same, just as if I would say this game feels like a cheap ripoff of something else. Like if the, if the pixel art feels cheap, it's probably because the game is a cash grab that is just trying to capitalize on a classic RPG with no heart or soul in the actual game itself. So that's just reflected in its design choice. Oh, it has to look like pixel art because people will buy it. So when I, when I talk about that, yeah, it's strictly from the, it feels heartless or soulless because it feels like a cheap ripoff of something else. Right. As, as, as a design choice though, please make your game in pixels. Cause I will buy it. I really will. As long as the, it has, you know, some it still sort has of to be a value. good game regardless. Exactly. Exactly. I play, I play pixel games as much as I play, um, you know, like horizon zero dawn. So mm-hmm. I, and the thing is, and the thing is, it's not just pixels. Cause like I was saying, there are games that feel heartless and soulless that have 3d graphics, you know, right. like ah, maybe this would have been better off as a, you know, 2d indie game or something. Yeah. So it's just, it's about the game itself, not about the way the game looks to me. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. It doesn't mean someone else is not going to enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like, I feel like we, we completed that side quest. Well, I hope so, so let's, let's take on side quest two. Oh boy. What do you classify as an RPG? I classify an RPG. First, I think we need to actually go to the historical context of what an RPG is. It's essentially your your role-playing. If you go back to the tabletop era, you're role-playing a character. You have your character that you made, and your character may differ from your someone else's character. So you have two different people, two different outcomes, potentially, and the way it happens is through experience points, levels, things of that nature. So again, you have two different people, you have two different outcomes, and I feel that's kind of an essential point to role-playing games. I'm not sure where where your thoughts are, but I mean, there, there are other elements, I guess, you could bring, bring into it. Um, you know, you can have crafting and all this other stuff, but get, and that's all in the historical context as well with tabletop games. That's, that's the way I feel. I still feel that it needs to be a leveling system. There still feel, it feels like it needs to be some sort of experience level gain. That that's the core of it. I think this has to be one of the grayest (laughs) definitions, especially as time goes on. I feel like, the definition of an RPG has become like uh, everything has an RPG element and element. Everything That's what has you hear. an upgrade yeah. system, you know? So like it is, what is an RPG anymore? Because I mean, you, like, could, I, you could, everything could be an RPG because you're essentially, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're role-playing as a character, as an avatar, anything could essentially be it. But I think when you're, you're talking about games, it has to be some sort of structure there in place. And I'm sorry, I rudely interrupted you. So I think, it wasn't rude, by the way, uh, but (laughs) I think 
that much like genres in movies, you can have some overlap with elements, but it's all in how you present the material that categorizes it in a certain genre. For instance, you could have, and I really like the, when, when films do this, you can have the same, um, you can have the same subject matter presented in a film. Both of them can be very disturbing and scary, but depending on the camera angles, the, 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 the lighting, the effects, the sound effects, you would wind up with a, a, a mystery drama, or you would wind up with a straight up horror film. You know, so like you can have the same subject of disturbing things and it will turn into maybe a crime drama or a a cop stuck in a house with a serial killer and everybody's dying. Right. So like same things presented, but because of the mechanics and the systems and the presentation as a whole, it winds up in different categories. So I think you have the same thing with RPGs. You can have leveling systems or some sort of progressive progressive system. You can have open worlds. You can have all these things that are being presented, but what is the focus? So you have something like, I, I mentioned recent Tomb Raider games earlier. Those have progressive system, progression systems. And those also have like these open world areas. But why isn't Tomb Raider an RPG? I, maybe it's because it's focusing on, there, there's, there's little player choice in... Mm-hmm. The narrative or I, I don't know it's more cinematic I, I don't know I don't know better question I think than Tomb Raider and this is kind of um, this is relevant for this episode because earlier you don't consider Zelda to be an RPG no I don't whereas I might so I would love to hear why doesn't Zelda qualify as an RPG for you I think it has those RPG elements that you're talking about. Um, so I, I, I call it, you could kind of call it like an RPG on rails. So basically, you know, you got this character, everyone's character pretty much ends up at the end, ends up being the same. There's no, there's no variation in, you know, whether you have upgraded bombs, you can choose to use upgraded bombs or not. That It's, it doesn't, it doesn't add anything to the story, but I think, you you just your character I don't know I'm I'm just trying to think of the way to say this it it just it just feels like an action or uh action not even an action RPG I would say maybe breath I'm trying to spit this out Breath of the Wild is probably closest to being an RPG whereas Wind Waker and and Skyward Sword are less of an RPG. The, the, to me, there has to be some sort of structure for a, a leveling system with the game. And and you don't gain experience, points. It, it, that seems like a core. Maybe I'm old school and thinking this, but there seems to be that core that's missing in Zelda games. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love Zelda games, but I just don't consider them RPGs. Because I, I guess... And we're going to get. I'm trying to get my point out, but it's really fuzzy. So it's look. This is a this is a a freaking tough question to answer, and one that I don't think anybody. And that's always the one that's on the fence for a lot of people is you know calling Zelda an RPG. So it's tough. Well, because I mean, as a gameplay mechanic, you uh, getting upgrades is something that's in almost every game. 
So mm-hmm. upgrades, I don't necessarily think is what classifies a game as an RPG. Just getting upgrades, whether that be equipment upgrades or health upgrades. But that's so, all you really have in Breath of the Wild are just kind of equipment upgrades. You know, you have your your weapon uh, upgrades. There's really nothing there other than that. Well, I mean, you seem like you consider it an RPG. <laughs> I mean, is that is that what you're referring to? Well, uh, like, I am I, I think I'm, I mean, I think I'm being slightly hypocritical because I mean, like, I, I will admit, I don't think upgrades necessarily qualify RPG, but do I consider Breath of the Wild RPG? It's got I guess that I elements, did. I, RPG I guess elements, I, that's it. Yeah. I mean, it has upgrades. It doesn't necessarily have experience points though. You know, no. does it have experience or levels or you can flesh out your character in this way. You don't really have much choice there like you can't add attributes things like that so right uh yeah so maybe before this conversation i considered it an (laughs) rpg maybe i still do i know we track it on the site you know but then again like we track some games that it's very gray because you end up in that spot yeah yeah if you consider upgrades to be all right, upgrades make an RPG. Then almost anything could be an RPG. Like that's said. yeah. Like well, that's the same thing with Tomb Raider. You know, I mean, I've never really played Tomb Raider, but from what it sounds like, you can only upgrade certain skills. You're not updating, upgrading different attributes, like you had mentioned. Now, have you played any of the Arkham games? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> to me, because to me, to me, that's that's even hairier because you do have experience points like you do have experience and you gain levels and on levels you have different trees that you can upgrade Batman into these different things. So you could either be like a, a damage dealer or you could be more tanky. OK, so Arkham's always been this that's- weird gray area for me. That's more of an RPG than Breath and of I the Wild. And I want to call so. it RPG, but I don't think that it technically is. Right. But it's more of, like I was saying, it's more of an RPG than Breath of the Wild, I would say. Yeah, so for the purpose of this quest, I think you talked me out of Zelda as an <laughs> RPG. I don't know. I don't know. You heard it here, Firestream. Delete it from the site. Get Remove it out. It. We're gonna, I'm protesting. Nah, no, 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 no. Keep it on there. Look, it can be grandfathered in. It can be grandfathered in. It's, yeah. We'll allow it then. But, so since this is one of the side quests for this week, this is the one that we want to hear from you guys, the listeners, about. What is your take? What classifies a game as an RPG? Meatball Sub actually wrote an article a couple weeks ago with detailing three of his requirements, his personal requirements for a game to be an RPG. So you can go check that out on the site, but I want to hear like, what do you guys, what are your personal requirements for an RPG? Let us know in discord, or you can email us your answers and we will choose the top three answers. So be sure to answer and we'll read the top, our top three on next week's episode. All right. Um, Geo, do you have any anything else to add for this week's episode? 
Um, nothing really in particular. I want to thank everybody really for, for listening. I like a lot of the community questions. Really, I would love more of them. Keep them, keep them coming. Um, also, Mana, is it Manoracel? Did I get it right? Yeah, you got All it right. right. Again, Perfect. again, thank you for your, for your music. Really appreciate it. What do you, what do you got? Uh, another quick shout out to Manoracel and Mitch Childs for being our Patreon front page patrons you can find their names on the front page of the website for giving at that high tier on patreon and remember you can give two if you would like so yeah that's going to actually wrap it up for this week episode three of the switch rpg podcast thank you so much for listening and thank you like geo said to everyone who sent their questions and comments keep them coming by emailing podcast at switchrpg.com or posting in our podcast thread at discord.switchrpg.com remember you can listen to this show each and every wednesday at switchrpg.com or you can sub on your favorite podcast app if you do listen on an app please 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 if you would go and give us a rating and a review we, Geo and I, we want to climb up the charts on those platforms. We want greater exposure for the shows on these apps so that other people can find us through search and they can join the community by listening. So if you will leave us a rating and review, your support there would be so amazing. If you like what you hear, remember, you can head over to patreon.com slash switch RPG to throw us a dollar or two if you can spirit if not no worries you being a part of our community here at switch rpg is what means so much to us and finally remember you can head over to switchrpg.com for all of your rpg needs for the nintendo switch until next episode i will see you around and i'll see you next week goodbye